This is where Mali meets Germany. I'm at Café Bamako, today in Görlitzer Park. It's a monthly event in the parks and cafes of Berlin, where various people gather around the sounds and culture of West Africa. Families from different origins, speaking different languages, enjoying music at some distance, while others dance to it. Those who see it from afar may not know that it all started with a door opening up to the unknown. Hello travelers, this is Diog Pirsch, the host of the Europe Talk Solidarity podcast. In the first episode, we talked to Suzy Nikodimi and Snezhana Baklia about their study called For Thought for Solidarity a survey looking for a common understanding of solidarity in Europe. That was quite a conversation over a glass of wine and some laughs. It's time now to be on the road looking for real-life examples of solidarity from across Europe. Let's do it! Today I'm in Berlin, Germany, to talk to Peter Mitchell. He wrote an article for Europe Talk Solidarity about a project for young migrants called Café Bamako. He invites us to go beyond the idea of solidarity as assistance by civil society towards people in need. Instead, he suggests that we look at it as an opportunity for people to empower themselves. So, hello, Peter. Thanks for having me. First of all, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Okay. So uh, my name is uh, Peter Mitchell. I'm originally from Glasgow in Scotland, in the United Kingdom, and um, now I live in Germany, where I have uh, co-founded and now run a um, social business with charitable status called Learn Labor. And Learn Labor organizes um, a variety of uh, activities, uh, educational programs, exchange programs, mostly with a focus on non-formal education on the local level and also the international level. Peter, I'm looking for a shared narrative about solidarity on the European continent. So I'm curious about the, the personal stories behind it. Could you tell me what's your story with solidarity? What was your first contact with projects involving solidarity somehow? Well, I was always interested in, in teaching and, uh, and education. And when I was at the university, and uh, doing my PhD and also afterwards I was uh, lecturing at the university and I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I uh, participated in, in a couple of projects and a couple of international projects and uh, became aware of this sector, this kind of uh, this youth sector and also the non-formal approach and I just found it really in inspiring. I myself, I felt that I learned uh, so much by participating in these, uh, these non-formal education projects developing um, competences, um, not just in terms of knowledge, but also soft skills, communication, and, uh, and gaining a lot of really, really um, valuable and interesting experiences. As part of his experience with youth work, Peter also got engaged with international projects like the European Volunteer Service, and he accompanied the creation of the European Solidarity Course too he found that it added some interesting new elements, like engaging young people to take action at the local level. Peter, what is an important reference in your work with Solidarity? 
So the refugee welcome program uh, in Germany, it's called the Flüchtlinge Willkommen. This was this um, initiative that uh, I think was established at this period, the summer of 2016, unless I'm uh, mistaken. And this was really something that inspired us. Let's quickly remember that in 2015, 1.3 million people arrived in Europe to request asylum, allegedly the highest number since World War II. For four years, the world has witnessed the war in Syria and the four million people it's displaced. In Deutschland werden an diesem Wochenende mehrere 10.000 Flüchtlinge erwartet. Mais de mil migrantes chegaram à Itália nos últimos três dias. Plus de 350.000 migrants ont traversé la Méditerranée depuis janvier. Many of them were Syrians. Others came from Afghanistan. Iraq or Eritrea. That's the setting where the Refugee Welcome Program was created. We weren't directly involved with the program, but we saw it was an example of an initiative taking action again at the personal level and showing that uh, through personal intervention um, it was actually possible to, to, to make a difference. The Refugee Welcome Initiative, which is an initiative basically to house uh, refugees in a shared apartment so they have a home, so they can integrate, so they can get to know people and get to know locals and so on. As the refugee crisis intensified in 2016, Peter and his flatmates decided to become part of the solution somehow. Our shared apartment in Berlin, my friends and I, we had a room going free and we decided at this point that uh, we wanted to make somehow in a very small personal level a positive contribution to be part of the solution and we um, offered this room to, uh, to a re refugee, to a displaced person. Originally, their idea was to host someone for a month or so to help them settle. As they were attending university, Peter and his flatmates thought they would possibly receive another graduate student, maybe from Syria. And that was when Musa Bagayoko entered their lives. He's basically a farmer from Mali, hasn't got any formal education, he could hardly speak German, he's Muslim, it's the first time I met a Muslim in my life. He ended up living with us for, I think, three or four years and became one of my best friends. I've also uh, visited him and his family in Mali. He participated on loads of projects like that we, that we had in Germany whenever I had a project because he was kind of, uh, he's basically got a status where he can't really work, he's a bit under the radar, so and it's not so easy for him also to travel around, but whenever I had a project, I'd ask him if he wanted to participate, and he, he would always say, yeah, great. So As our conversation goes on, I can only marvel at how the story unfolded since Peter and his mates opened their flat for Musa. So I ask him what he felt when opening his door to Dan, a complete stranger. What if it, well, I mean, I suppose a number of different things. Uh, there's a bit of an unknown. You don't know who's going to come. You maybe have an idea of um, of how it might might work. For us, it was quite it's actually quite exciting uh, thing to do, and uh, also felt quite again empowering to to feel that through just a small gesture we could actually make a significant impact. Yet yeah, felt felt an, an an empowering thing to do. Peter, can you tell me one thing that you know now that you didn't know before you opened the door? Definitely one thing that uh, I don't know if I knew it before, but one thing who, um, people can really surprise you and uh, be um, 
be more multifaceted than that you would maybe think if you if you don't know them uh, or don't uh, provide them with this with it. If you don't open the door, you know, uh, a stranger. Uh, if you don't open the door, someone's a stranger. But uh, once you know someone, uh, then um, they're not a stranger anymore, and you see the yeah. You see the complexities and uh, the richness that's um, that's uh, behind this uh, uh, this individual. One of the projects that grew from Peter and Moose's friendship was Café Bamako. It's a local solidarity project focused on young migrants from Mali and other neighboring countries to promote and provide a platform for West African culture in Berlin. Peter also tells me about the origin of Café Bamako. His flatmate, Musa, and another friend, Ibrahim Trori, were one day in Trap Tower Park. They were playing some music and dancing and people were coming up and asking them, um, basically asking them questions about the music that they were playing and about the dancing they were doing. And they saw that uh, this was resonating amongst, uh, amongst people. They were, they were interested in their culture. Peter tells me about the lack of space and resources for the West African community. He also explains that a lot of black people feel discouraged to gather in public places like parks because of negative stereotypes and bad press involving them with petty drug dealing. So, Peter, what's the goal of Café Bamako? Um, what uh, the initiative wanted to do was to challenge this narrative, uh, to show that the West African community is making a positive contribution in Berlin, and to provide a space to show, showcase um, the contribution and the culture that it has through organizing small-scale events such as um, picnics, grilling, uh, these kind of events in public parks and providing uh, music and dancing and just an opportunity for people from different cultures and backgrounds to come together. Peter explains to me that Café Bamako qualifies as a local solidarity project which is a new category of project of the European Solidarity Corps that allows organizations to develop initiatives in their own communities. He tells me that this is particularly important for those who can travel abroad, be it for institutional demands, migration traumas or other reasons. I really like the idea of Café Bamako being a moment for solidarity and mutual learning. Peter, how do you feel when you're attending the events? Really nice to see to see my friends from uh, from the West African community. It's uh, nice to um, see them come together. Normally, they bring their family, they bring their kids. Uh, it's also really nice to see people come together because the especially the music brings people together. And what often happens is the kids start to come together. So uh, we are maybe there with guys from West Africa and their kids are there. And then maybe some, some kids from um, like Turkish or Arabic background who are doing their own thing uh, 20, 30 meters away start to come over. And they all start to play together and then people start to come together. And it's, um, yeah, it's a really, really nice, nice feeling and it shows... Um, it shows a really positive side of Berlin's uh, contemporary uh, multicultural society. Do you have feedback from the participants? I mean, you can see that they're that they're they're happy. Normally, come and they they express their their, their gratitude to uh, people who are organizing the activities. Yeah, I mean, you can see there, especially from the people from from uh, from Mali, uh, they're really appreciative that uh, people are taking an interest in their culture and. 
And again, especially for the, the parents, I think they, um, because if you move to a foreign country and your children, um, they've kind of got one foot in one country, maybe another foot in another country. And you can see that the kids are very, I mean, they're they're running around, they're speaking German, you know, uh, but uh, their fathers maybe from from Mali. So I think it's it's also important just for for the parents maybe just to 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 show the kids the, the their their culture just so they don't they don't lose it so they um, too much. Let's say I think you can see there for them it's very important to to connect them with their with their culture. Hmm. And does solidarity take place during the organization of the events as well? Uh, are there any examples? Whenever we organize an event, it's very easy to organize it with the Malians because they, they function as a group, you know, they help each other. Um, they almost without, without even having to, to sit down. If I'm working with a group of young people, young Europeans, I need to sit down, I need to give out tasks, I need to kick ass because someone will be lazy and won't do anything, you know. <laughs> But with the Malians, they don't need to do any of this because they're for them, like uh, you know, they they they're, they're helping each other, they're supporting each other. It's kind of how they're also how they're brought up, and it's I think it's also something that is really cool for young Europeans to to see and also to learn from and also to be kind of impressed and inspired by. Peter, in your opinion, what are the main challenges for solidarity in Europe? I think the main challenges are maybe fear uh, of the unknown. Um, I don't want it to be too negative, but ignorance is like for sure um, a big challenge. This fear of the other that comes through through lack of experience, I would say. And uh, I think this is the main the main challenge. Um, people are often held back by by fear of something that's that's actually a phantom. It doesn't it doesn't really exist. But um, so this is why I think it's really important to to foster connections, to foster experiences, because to break down barriers between people. Because in my experience, and maybe this is naively optimistic, but People from different cultures and backgrounds tend to actually get on with each other when when they meet each other in in a, in a conducive setting. You know, not when they're when they're competing for resources or so on. But if you create a nice environment for people, people are actually interested and inquisitive. And once they overcome this initial maybe shyness or apprehensive, then then they tend to get on with each other and also see see qualities in other people that uh, that maybe remind them of qualities themselves or in other cultures that remind them of uh, positive aspects of their culture. So I would say say this is the main challenge to break down these um, these barriers and knowledge is, is 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 key. So with the task of piecing together a narrative on solidarity across the continent, I'll be traveling to various places and talking to different authors. What question would you like me to pass on to the others? What path has solidarity led them along? What's been the impact on themselves, their lives, their personal lives, their professional lives? Because for sure there has been one. Yeah, definitely. That's a good question. And now, Peter, to wrap up, I bring you the question of this podcast. What's solidarity for you? Solidarity is... Um, 
providing um, the opportunity or the possibility for a stranger to become a friend. Mm. That's a short but an intense answer. It's often framed this way that solidarity is um, is about giving and charity and so on, but uh, solidarity, I think, is also an opportunity. And uh, it's nice to look at it this way. Um, it's not just a one-way street. So solidarity is, is an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to learn, um, an opportunity to enrich your own life and own experience and not just uh, that of others. Peter, I'm fascinated about the transformations that happened in your life since you met Musa. What would you tell people who are considering opening their doors or hearts? To not be afraid, uh, to, to see it as um, something that, um, not just um, an opportunity that you're giving to someone, but it's an opportunity for yourself as well. And uh, this is definitely how my experience was. Uh, perhaps uh, my friends and I, we gave something, uh, a small gesture in terms of opening our door for someone uh, who needed this at the time. But uh, what we got back in terms of... Uh, friendships, uh, insights, knowledge of new new cultures has been has been really really rewarding. So um, my my suggestion would be uh, to to go for it. Peter, thank you so much for letting us in. It was a pleasure. Thank thank you very much for having me. After talking to Peter, something stuck with me. He said that people tend to get on with each other, see qualities. If we create a conducive environment, which is nice and helps people feel safe. So what can happen if we come up with more environments in which people are not fighting for resources? It makes me think of the importance of creating spaces for solidarity to happen and how they can be anywhere, even in our own home. The idea of solidarity as a safe space guides me towards the next author I will visit, Dragon. In his article, he talks about solidarity in a cocoon. And I'm traveling to North Macedonia to hear about his experience in trying to expand solidarity from such cocoons to the society at large. So, see you in the Balkans! This is a series of Salto European Solidarity Core Resource Center, produced by Instituto Now. The theme song, Solidarity Unifies Us, is composed and sung by Paula Geers. For more information and resources on solidarity and the European Solidarity Core, go to www.salto-youth.net slash solidarity. To share our love to care, and that's what we call solidarity. Our love to share, our love to care, solidarity unifies us.